Hey guys, welcome to the We Need to Calm Down podcast. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. And this is the show where we talk about all things Taylor Swift. That's right. This is the show where two friends finally get to let their dedication to our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift, fly. We'll be discussing everything from song breakdowns, Taylor news, and our insane fan theories. That's right. And we have a doozy. That's right. I said doozy of an episode coming at you. But Devin, before we get into it, what's going on with you? I am so mad. And I'm so (laughs) glad you asked. So... For those who don't know, I used to commute an hour to work every day. An hour there and an hour back. And thankfully, to this day, I still have a commute to work, which means I'm still employed. But when I moved closer to my job, my commute was then 20 minutes. Huh, 20 minutes. 40 minutes shorter than an hour. Yep, that's how math works, yes. But so today, we had a really bad flood. Like, it's been raining all day down here. Really bad flood. And so what was supposed to be a 20 minute maybe 25 minute car ride turned into an hour debacle trying to get home so i was driving on the road and at one point i was in like a half hour's worth of traffic just bumper to bumper not moving and then they said nah you got to turn around here because the road is flooded so then i had to drive back around back through the same traffic that I was just in to get to the other road to go home, and then that was fine. But it took me 40 minutes to just get to the road that I needed to get to, and then from that road it was 20 minutes, which is my normal commute. So I'm a little I'm a little bitter today. My my favorite part of this is uh, we we had we were running on like we're we're recording this as soon as you get home. Uh, our timetable was a little tight, luckily it got looser, but uh, I'm like sitting working on the call, working on everything, like waiting for Devin, and then I get she FaceTimes me. <laughs> and I just like it was great because she FaceTimed me, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm just going over. What do you think of today's episode? Like, here's some changes I'm making to the notes, blah blah blah, all this stuff. And then I just hear her just like just screaming, <laughs> and just being so generally pissed off at everything that's going on. The truck <laughs> wasn't moving. The truck wasn't moving. It was literally just there. I heard so much colorful language. I wish, I wish that I could have recorded it. it We're a clean so podcast funny. here. It was so funny, but I was very upset. <laughs> but that's my day. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay. I actually have a little quick tidbit I can go into. That's been the the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. That's that's a that's a stretch uh, there a okay. little bit. Um, me and my friend started going to a new bar that's down the street from me, uh, and I'm really happy because I've always wanted to have a bar like that, mm-hmm. that's the bar that I go to. So we went there two nights in a row. Awesome, great food. Um, very, it's all outdoors. Like it's an outdoor patio, and at night they throw a projector on the wall, and you can oh. watch sports and stuff, which is really cool. Which is something I'm really into. Um, so the first night I went, I just I I wore a cardigan. This cardigan, I think, because I was really excited. I finally bought a cardigan. And, and like, I just, I, jeans, whatever, went. And then the next night, it was like a Thursday, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna dress up a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look a little bit nicer. So I wore new shoes that I got for my birthday that I hadn't worn yet because they're dressier, and I really haven't had an excuse to wear dressier shoes. But the bar is within walking distance of my apartment. So I walked all the way up there, and I was like, oh, gosh. Uh, it's like not that long of a walk, like a twenty minute walk. Got up there and I'm like, my foot kind of hurts. Like something. It's like there. It was like there's a stone in my shoe, but I. But like I put my. It was like right on my heel, and I like put my finger in there. And I'm like, I don't feel anything. Like I don't know what's going on. And I walked home from the bar, in so much agony, from this something. Uh, what I think it was, I think it was the shoelace top. Like, you know how, like, that has, like, that metal thing on, or not the metal thing, but, like, the the plastic thing on top of Mm -hmm. a shoelace? I think it was that. I I knew you were going to be the weirdo that knows what that's called. I knew it for some reason. There's a whole Phineas and Ferb episode about it. I think the aglet was, like, in between my heel and the shoe, and it just rubbed up and down. So, by the time I got home, by the time I got to my parking lot, I had taken my shoe off and was walking in sock and one shoe to my apartment. Got in today and took a shower, or got in that night, took a shower, and I looked at my back of my shoe, and the entirety of the skin on the back of my heel had been completely peeled off. 
And it has been unrelenting pain for the last three days. I hate it so much. That's what new shoes will do to you. Like, you'll get, like, a really bad blister on, like, the back of your heel area. It's... Not fun. And I, I'm go. I'm supposed to go out to the Ren Fair this weekend, mm-hmm. socially distant and safe. And it's a lot of walking, dude. That's so much walking. Comfy I shoes and band aids. I I put band aids. I have like Neosporin and like this like repair stuff, like antibiotics, all that stuff. To hope that like I have a week of just like trying to treat it and make it go away. But like before I was setting up to get everything set, I rammed my. <laughs> my chair into the back of my heel and cried for 30 minutes <laughs> oh no so that's about where i'm at but well speaking of crying for 30 minutes heck of a segue heck of a segue good job Devin. what are we talking about on this typical tuesday night so today like joe said before we're in a little bit of a doozy of an episode we are discussing a duo doozy so we'll be discussing a breakout topic from folklore, which is the love triangle between James, Betty, and James's mitra- mi- mistress. Mistress. Let me just say that again. One. Discussing the breakout topic from folklore, the love triangle between James, Betty, and James's mistress. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> the one. So we're going to be breaking down what the three songs, August, Cardigan, and Betty, mean to us. Oh, yeah. I've been hyped for this episode for, I guess it's three months now. Uh, I am very excited for this. And I know we've been teasing it a lot. I'm actually glad it took us this long to get to it because we we have had a lot of time with this record. We have a lot of time with these three songs specifically. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be a very interesting and very fun episode to really do a deep dive in. Yes. So before we get into the actual deep dive, let's go over where these three songs ended up in our rankings. I, I will say for this episode, being the doozy, jeez, I hate that we've, we've the like do- we've, duo doozy. We've really, we've really doubled down on that duo double down. Oh gosh, I can't stop. Uh, this episode will most likely be a two-parter. Uh, we have so many notes for it and so many different things to discuss that we wanted to go over. That this might be the very first we need to calm down two part episode. Dun 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 dun. Uh, so we're really actually really excited just about that crossing that milestone. But um, so yeah, just as a forewarning, you might have to wait until Thursday to get the the second part of this uh, part, which is when we will we will put up the second half. So let's get started with what the songs are. If anyone has not listened to our podcast or somehow aren't as ingrained in Taylor Swift, but somehow are listening to a Taylor Swift podcast, we commend you first off. But second, uh, the love triangle revolves around three specific songs on Taylor Swift's folklore. Uh, the songs being cardigan, August and Betty. Supposedly. Supposedly. We'll get into that later. So Devin, before we go into this, I know we just did our rankings episode, but refresh us. Where did uh, this true trio of songs, where did it fall for you? So for me, August was my first choice, my top song. Cardigan was my number three, and Betty was my number six, falling from its former number one glory. Number one for a while. Mm-hmm. I. What about you? My For me, Cardigan fell to number four because I think Illicit Affairs finally took over for it. Uh, August fell to number eight. And Betty fell to number nine, which I, I wrestle with this every day. I swear. <laughs> so how do you feel about it all? What do you? Where does it stand? Um, well, I'm living for the hope of it all. Uh, no. Um, for me specifically, I think August has the best and most ridiculously but relatable, pathetically sad lyrics. It's on like it's hard to say it like because I feel like every song in this record is a lyrical powerhouse, but for some reason, I this one just we were going I was going through like setting everything up, get pulling lyrics that like matched or things that were interesting to me, and like they're all just so good. There's so so many good one liners in this in this song. Um, I don't know why I don't love it more. Like I said, it it fell at number eight for me. 
and I and thinking back, I honestly think it might be below Betty, just based on like my listening habits. Like I feel like when I go to listen to folklore, I listen to Betty before I listen to August. Um, but I do I love the lyrics and the sentiment that August puts in them. And when I was typing that out, <laughs> I realized like I I love the lyrics of all of these songs and the sentiment behind all of them. Like I've never been, <laughs> I've never been in a love triangle before. I can't even get one person to love me, let alone two. Uh, but somehow I felt all of these emotions at one point or another in my life. I have felt James's emotions of screwing something up in a relationship and seeking forgiveness, trying to re- repair it. I have uh, been on the August side of falling for someone who just really isn't yours. Like no matter what they might, they may act like it. Um, you may want it to be, but it's just never going to be. And I've been on the Betty side where like, I'm just, I'm a little bit older and I look back on a relationship that someone screwed up and thinking like, I, I wonder, like, I wonder what would have been. And like, but you like just thinking about through, through the way that she did, I, it's, it's nuts to me. Like, again, like I said, never been in a love triangle, but like, it's so cool that this, these relation these songs and the relationship between them don't even just fit around a love triangle they're just so universal yeah and i'd agree with that i mean personally for the rankings for me i feel like all of these besides i guess cardigan was never my number one but they've all been in my top three like all three of these songs have been fantastic i think just the concept of them being connected somehow ranks them higher for me mm-hmm. it's just the fact that okay well you put in this extra effort to make this cohesive story and all these lyrical Easter eggs that we talked about, how they relate to one another, which we'll kind of go over again. It's just, it's, they're all so good. Like you said, they just all have this great meaning that they can be great independent songs, but somehow they're even better together. So I'd agree with you on that. No, I I think that definitely is a, is a factor. The fact like they're, they're all connected, and for some reason that will just bump them all up because people want to listen to them. They'll want to find those connections, kind of like what we already did. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the background uh, on the love triangle. So straight from the horse's mouth or the Taylor Swift goddess mouth, she has said about the, the three songs, One thing I purposely did on this album was put Easter eggs in the lyrics more than just the videos. I created character arcs and recurring themes that map out who was singing about who. For example, there's a collection of three songs I refer to as the Teenage Love Triangle. These three songs explore a love triangle from all three people's perspectives at different times in their lives. So, and she later on says uh, about the song Cardigan, a cardigan that still bears the scent of loss 20 years later. Um... Something about a wine-stained something about August, August loving away. Um, But so just pointing out from the before quote, the fact that she says these three songs, these three songs, she never says what three songs, which I think is very interesting. All three people's perspectives, not putting any kind of label on it, and then at different times in their lives. Mm -hmm signifying that it's not just oh this is what everyone's feeling at the moment it could be you know 20 years later the cardigan still bearing the scent of lost love it could be about okay well i'm here now and i'm gonna react to it right now or oh i'm reflecting about last summer and all the things that happened so it's very interesting i love that because i i I also love that because it's from a storytelling perspective it's so interesting because you can tell a chronological story start to finish and yeah it's i mean obviously interesting there's always different ways about it but like specifically with attacking a relationship in that way where it's like not only do you get and, and i think for 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 art intents and purposes we are going with the general consensus that the three songs that she is talking about are betty august and cardigan there is a lot of room for debate which we'll get into but there are also the three different perspectives, like, and this can be argued as well, but it definitely feels like Be- uh, Betty James's perspective is happening in the moment. August might be happening like a, a little bit down the line, like a year or so. And then Betty is like way down the line. It feels like, again, this can all be argued, but like, I, I love that not only are we getting this, 
the story, but we're getting it in chunks from different perspectives all around, not just from the, the narrator, but from the mm-hmm. setting, from like all of the stuff. It just adds so much on top of it. I love that it's also in reverse chronological order on the album. So it's like I you're going backwards and you're reflecting about it. That's an interesting choice too. I think um, like it's so funny because you, you especially with Cardigan being the first song, you don't even put anything together. Like it, you, you don't, I think Betty is the perfect end cap on it because that's when you have the, wait a minute. Wait, wait, I heard that before. Mm-hmm. Wait, like, like that's when you start to get all of those pieces and like mix them into the same pie. Um, which I think is, it's just, it, I mean, commend her for her songwriting and her, and her storytelling. Like she's just really good at it. Yeah. So how the triangle relates to real life, um, I think it's really interesting that people pointed out James and Inez are the names of Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds' daughters, and Betty was rumored to be their most recent child's name. I'm not sure if they actually came out and confirmed it, but close sources say that yes, it is true. But so, just note, three children, all daughters. No men, all daughters. For names that are typically, like James, typically male names. Uh, what is Inez typically a male name? Devin? I think Inez could be probably debated as like my name, Devin, gender neutral. I I think it's really funny that like there's an effect that happens when you hear a new word for the first time and you f- find out what it means and everything. You will then hear that word again within 24 hours. And I never once heard the name Inez before, and somehow I've heard it. I've heard multiple people at my company or like just around that with the name Inez and I'm like this name didn't exist before Taylor Swift made it how do you have this name uh it's so funny to me mm-hmm. yeah so those are the three names that are mentioned again like Inez isn't I don't think Inez is the other woman I think oh, God, Inez no. is just the town gossip but we'll get into that later um, so Betty is a return to Taylor Swift's country roots the harmonica in the beginning um, it's interesting because it's much like when she was 17, just like James was 17 in the song. What? She came out with, uh, self-titled at 17, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it just sounds like a self-titled album It sound, or song. It sounds, you know, very country, very It sounds twangy. like a very evolved, mm-hmm. uh, Taylor Swift, or self-titled song. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing that I found very interesting is that Cardigan which is track two, August, which is track eight, and Betty, which is track 14, are all equidistant in the album. They're all, they all have five tracks in between them. I love this. I did not realize this until you pointed it out. Two, number one, I love that you got to use the word equidistant. A phenomenal word. Uh, and two, I, I never realized that. That's so cool. Like, it, it really makes you think about what she put in because there is no other way that eh, I guess she could have done three, nine and 15. But like I, I I'm curious as to why she picked the numbers. that she, oh, she had to pick August for eight. So I guess she couldn't have done it any other way. It had to be this way. If she was going to put them five apart. And I like that. It's exactly the same apart, too. Mm-hmm. That just shows that those could potentially be the ones that are connected. It's just another reason that 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 those two are the ones. Um, so in the past, in a past episode, we tracked down how many inner album references uh, that we could count between all of the songs on folklore, uh, two other songs on folklore. Uh, I wanted to do a quick refresher uh, on what we found. Uh, Cardigan references August only once, uh, but it references Betty six times. Which is really confusing. And this is going to be really confusing because we're talking about the song Betty, but Betty is James's song uh, as far as this is concerned. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this in the beginning of the episode, but the, uh, of these three songs, Cardigan is from Betty's perspective. J- uh, Betty is from James's perspective, not confusing at all. And August is from unnamed uh, mistress's uh, perspective. I don't know why that happened there. Uh, so, yeah, so quick refresher on what we found. Cardigan references August once uh, and Betty six times. August references Betty three times, but it doesn't reference Cardigan at all. And then Betty references Cardigan six times and August three times. So, Devin, what 
you you gave a little bit of an explanation of this on that episode, but give us a quick refresher. What what do you think this tells us? I think it's fascinating because from this stance, if you look at the numbers, strictly numbers, James references Betty six times in the song or references her song six times and the song August only three times, literally half the amount of time. So it just goes to show you that he was, you know, twice as invested in Betty that he was in his mistress and just the care levels that go into it. I think it's fascinating that even numerically, it's just, you know, I cared about her more, so I'm going to mention her more. And yes, whenever he does mention August, it's more of just like, oh, it was a mistake or, oh, it was never like, oh, yeah, I don't regret it. It was always, I regret it. It was a mistake. It's just a summer thing. Doesn't mean anything. I miss you. I like, um, as well, August references Betty, which is James's song. So August is referencing uh, James. Uh, but doesn't reference Cardigan at all, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, this unnamed uh, mistress does not. Or is there a male term for mistress? Mastress? No, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because we don't know. Again, we don't know genders here. Well, mm-hmm. we know August is a woman, right? Yeah. Not- dreamt of her. I slept next oh, to her. Yeah. yeah. So we do know she is a woman. Um, so what we can confirm is that there is at least two women involved in this love triangle um but it doesn't uh, august doesn't reference cardigan at all which makes sense she doesn't know who betty is um she might have just found out about betty uh we don't know what the story is or how she found out or anything like that but it would make it makes perfect sense as to why uh she doesn't reference the relationship between james and betty uh and then you said with card with cardigan only referencing august once betty doesn't even want to think about that girl um She's just she just wants to think about James because that's where the at least the decent memories lie mm-hmm. in in some capacity. Yeah, so let's talk about the lyrics that tie it all together. So just like we talked about in the inner album references episode, we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into these lyrics that actually connect the songs together and you go, wait, so they are about each other. So the line from Betty, she said, James, get in, let's drive, versus the line, remember when I pulled up and said, get in the car from August. Direct, you know, cars, driving, it, it's the same story. It all lines up. This, this is like, this is like when you, when someone says, uh, rewrite this sentence in your own words. <laughs> and, and this is what you come up with. Um, I think this was the, f- this might have been the first one, at least that I recognized that goes, wait a minute. These are tied. Um, this is It's the this, big obvious one. It is the most obvious one because they're referencing an exact pinpointed, uh, not location, an exact pinpointed place in their relationship that happened. Both of them are in there uh, confirming each other's stories. Mm-hmm. The next line, I was walking home on broken cobblestones in Betty versus high heels on cobblestone in Cardigan. I, I love I love this this juxtaposition. I think one of the things that I think is the most interesting is she does have to use I guess she doesn't. I was gonna say she has to use like a specific word, but I like that she uses a specific word that ties them both together. Cobblestone is not a very common thing to reference in music. It's uh, it also lends to another thing we mentioned with this album where uh, Taylor just really likes to use weird words and somehow make them work lyrically cobblestone sounds like such a a jumble of a word to say let alone sing um i think it's interesting she's able to work it in there but i like the ordering of it like in in betty the cobblestones are broken just like the relationship that james is trying to repair but in cardigan when she's reminiscing to before the relationship ended they're still intact like their relationship was in betty's memory uh, I just I love seeing like the, those cobblestones represented the relationship went from being pristine, uh, easily walked on to easy enough to walk on in high heels. You didn't have to worry about it uh, to walking home on broken cobblestones where if you've ever one, I've driven on cobblestone. It is a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> but, well, yeah, but even even if you say that high heels on cobblestone, I mean. Cobblestone isn't an easy surface to walk on. So if you're in high heels, it's still 
you're able to do it. They're that's not broken yet, but it's still harder to navigate it. That's that's a good point. And I like mm-hmm. that as like it's another uneven. allegory for their relationship. It's ooh. That's even better. It's uneven. Like just like their relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Betty's giving more than he and he's taking uh, he's double dipping. No, I love that. Yep. All right, to the next lyric, kissing in the car again from Betty to to kiss in cars from a cardigan. Um <laughs> This line, specifically the one from Betty makes me laugh so much cuz I can't get over the fact that she rhymes cardigan with car again. It's so it's so funny to me. Um but I mean this is another one of those just like copy paste lines just we're going to make these two match. Yep. The next line, it was just a summer thing from Betty to so much for summer love in August, which I love the fact that it's the juxtaposition between, oh, it was a summer thing. It wasn't anything. It was just this thing to so much for summer love, where it's like to August, it could have been love. It could have been this, you know, epic romance. And to James, it was just something that you throw away. I also love like how she she takes these this concept and shows that it's an oxymoron in a lot of ways because summer a summer fling it's that's a, that's a saying that's a thing it's just this is just for the summer it's not a serious thing but summer love is a serious thing and it's like it's like well which one is it? these two people are feeling the same summer love but to them it means different very different things and it's funny that there are sayings that do that um, which I think is really interesting. I'm only 17. I don't know anything versus cause I knew everything when I was young. It just goes to show you the maturity level. Oh, I'm only 17. I don't know anything. And if that was in the moment versus a song that reflects 20 years later, Oh, I did know everything when I was young. Like you just weren't the mature when I was mature. Next lyric, again, another copy and paste. Stopped at uh, stopped at a streetlight. You know I miss you. Versus drunk under a streetlight. I knew you. I like I like the the tail ends of those two because it, it one well I, I don't like that they drunk under a streetlight and stopped at a streetlight imply drinking and driving. Don't do that. Um, but I I like that like stopped at a streetlight. You know I miss you is James' perspective and drunk under a streetlight. I knew you. They're both reflecting their relationship on specific a specific point in their relationship, but they're viewing it very differently. James is you know I miss you. You know I want this, and she goes I knew you back then. Like back when that was a part of our relationship, I knew who you were. I thought I knew you. Um, and now it's completely different. Yeah. And then the next line, when I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed versus standing in your cardigan. Again, cardigan, a, g- a direct I'm very connection. disappointed in you, Devin. I'm very disappointed. Standing in your cardigan. There you go. I, when I wrote that lyric, I put like 17 ends at the end of cardigan because it's meant to be belted. Uh, no, I, I think one of the interesting things for me about this specific lyric, specifically looking at uh, when I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed, she doesn't give the owner of the bed a name, which I think is really interesting. It's, it's, I, normally, I wouldn't think anything of it, but the fact that the mistress is unnamed is a big thing of someone like of not giving um, ownership to something, which I think is interesting. Uh, and you can look at it in a couple of different ways. The fact that the the mistress doesn't have a name, and now this the the owner of this bed uh, under someone's bed, who knows whose bed it could be? But the other fact of the bed isn't Betty's anymore. When it was James's bed, it was it was theirs. Uh, but now it's not hers anymore. Who's whose bed is it? Because um, clearly she's talking about a. She's not just talking about any cardigan. Uh, because she, we see in James's song, she's referencing standing in your cardigan. Like, it's your cardigan. No matter what, I think Betty is referencing her own cardigan because it's referencing the time back in her life. Uh, so it's got to be James's bed that she's talking about. Because she would say, under my bed. Well, because um, it's you put me on. It, under someone's bed, but you put me on and said I was your favorite. Referencing, okay, well, you have access to this bed, but who are you sharing it with now? Mm-hmm. Like, who's claiming it? Which is, I, I really, I, something I didn't notice until I put it under mm-hmm. the microscope. 
That's very interesting. Next line. And you'd be standing in my front porch light from Cardigan versus Betty, I'm here on your doorstep from Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's been so long since I've heard that. Front porch Um, light, I'm on your doorstep. It's you've come back. Isn't uh, isn't this the part that we said there was like, this is where it branches off? Excuse me. Um, Oh, about what happens next? Yeah, like this is the this is the part where we don't really know. Like we don't know. It, does she say yes and accept him back, or does she and mm-hmm. take him to the garden, or does she tell him uh, "f you" forever? Yeah. Um, or the way that she says it, uh, I forget what it is. But well, that that can even tie into the next lyric that I'll bring up: "Chase two girls, lose the one." From cart, uh, yeah, from cardigan versus potentially the one. You know, it's you're using the song title in that lyric. Mm-hmm. Could be intentional. Uh, which it like because that's the other thing is if the one is, uh, I think that's so funny because I think if the one was gonna replace any song, it would be cardigan. Because I don't think the one the one would be from also just from Betty's perspective again. Uh, which I think is interesting. She's kind of hinting at, at that fact that the one might also be from Betty's perspective, um, which we will. Uh, but uh, I, I can the, the next lyric would be, uh, and I can see us twisting in bed sheets versus slept next to her, but I dreamt of you all summer long. Um, this one I think is really interesting because, again, we're getting another bed reference here. Um, James saying slept next to her, but I dreamt of you all night long, she, indicating he he's – stolen that bed from betty it's no longer just hers and his um but see us twisting in bed sheets she's remembering that bed she's claiming that bed she's trying to claim that bed uh and james is doing everything he can to try to give it back to betty like i want you i want it's like a ring or something i want you to have this bed but you can see uh we get to the end of the story with with cardigan and she still she refused to claim it Mm mm-hmm the and next then, line, specifically yeah. for me, I put this one in there because technically these lines aren't tied together in any way, shape, or form. But, like, aren't they, though? To me, they really are. Uh, the two lines, back when we were still changing for the better uh, in August, and because I knew everything when I was young. Uh, Devin's giving me a little bit of a side eye here. I'm just trying to figure it out. So there are so a couple of there are a couple of reasons for me specifically, and I could be in the the sole minority on this one. Uh, th- the way that they're sung and the positioning of the song that uh, in the song that they are make me think of them when I put them together. Because uh, I knew everything when we were young is like this big reveal towards the bridge of Cardigan, and I, back when we were still changing for the better is this big introduction to the bridge for August. So they they kind of mesh at least in that sense. Um, but I like the idea of like, because I knew everything when we were young, but back when we were still changing for the better, like these are both reminiscing on this old selves they used to be. Like we said, our our a theory that we're giving the most credence to is that August happened maybe a year or so later after the affair, Betty happened 20 years. So, uh, the unnamed mistress is saying back when we were still changing for the better, she's looking back on it on a different light and thinking this is what happened back then. Uh, and then Betty is thinking of the same thing of like, I knew everything when I was young. Uh, I can't explain it that well. I don't know why I feel this way, but they're just, there's something about those two lyrics, man. They just, they're so similar. They're so ear catching. I think that maybe to explain it better, at this point, James and his mistress, their songs are closer in time frame versus Betty's just kind of showing the difference in maturity levels. It's, oh, you know, we were still changing for the better. We were we were wrong, but we were trying to be right. Versus Betty, who's saying, no, I knew all that. I knew that you guys did something wrong. Yeah. I love that one. I really mm-hmm. do. Yes. Um, the next lyric I, I found that I think we had, like, a decent conversation about uh, that's, that we found really interesting is um, August – 
and Cardigan. Again, this is another one. There is no, this is not a copy and paste lyric comparison like most of the ones we had before. And I don't think we counted this in our inner, inner, inner office memos, <laughs> inner, inner discography or inner album references. But uh, in, in August, there's a line, you're back beneath the sun, wishing I could write my name on it. Uh, and then versus in, in Betty, but I knew you'd linger like a tattoo kiss. Not in Betty and Cardigan. In Cardigan. Uh, in Betty's song. See, it's, I hate yeah, it. I know. It's so confusing. Um, but I, the thing that I wanted to point out about this one specifically that's really interesting is your back beneath the sun, Those that couplet, I always thought that it was you are back beneath the sun. But the lyrics are spelled differently. They're spelled Y-O-U-R, which denotes possessiveness so she's not talking about james being back she's talking about his physical back like back of his body uh so it like conjuring up a uh an image of the being on the beach together which makes sense uh given salt air in the beginning of the song um and saying wishing i could write my name on it like she's wishing she could lay claim to him uh write her name on it back and i think that that's just so interesting that it ties together to betty cardigan uh or she says but i knew you'd linger like a tattoo kiss the unnamed mistress wants to give him a tattoo kiss she wants to tattoo him with her name and with that relationship and that's what he did to betty Mm-hmm. wishing she could write my name on it mm. but what's her name no, and that's the other thing. I love that it points out, like, she specifically says, wishing I could write my name on it, but we just don't ever get her name. Mm-mm. I Crazy. thought that was the thing that, that had this lyric jump out to me was the fact that we reference specifically this mistress's name, but we don't get anything further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have any other ones? Any uh, last minute versus lyrics that you want to go over? Nope. All right, let's go into the next category. Our favorite story-driven lyrics. So explain. All right, so I, I added this one last minute because I really like lyrics. And this album, like we said many times, we've done... It's it's evoked a new episode, a new episode t- uh, type uh, where we do deep dives in the lyrics, and there's just so much to, to pull out here. So I wanted to look at lyrics that specifically gave us pictures of the story that we really liked. I didn't pull all of them because it would be all of them, um, but there are specific things that like give us little tidbits into the story itself of these relationships. So the first one that I pulled out that um, I I absolutely loved and I loved when we we had like a little bit of a mini breakthrough live on air uh, about it was playing hide and seek and giving me your weekends. So this line comes from Cardigan, which is from Betty's perspective, assuming she's singing to James. I knew you playing hide and seek and giving me your weekends. You know, playing hide and seek could be, okay, well, I'm gone. You don't know where I am and giving me your weekends, which is typically when you date someone. You know, you spend the weekends together because it's the most time that you'll have with someone. So the fact that you're kind of away, but oh, but your weekends or my weekends are yours. Like that's the commitment that I'm giving to you. The hide and seek displays this childlike sense of immaturity. And it's just that's it's so cool. I think my favorite uh, way to look at this like is the because I think this line comes after. Uh, I, I I probably does. This is I knew you. Um, I knew you playing hide and seek and giving me your weekends. I love the idea of like, well, when he was with no old no name over there, he had to hide from her. He had to uh, meet her behind the mall away from the crowds. He had to he had to do all of the stuff to get away from her. And he was doing that during the week. That was when he gave her that time. And it's the summer. So you didn't have school. So he could be during the week. And then on his weekends, he would go to Betty uh, and he would give me giving her weekends like like a probation style thing, like or not even not probation. That's the wrong word, um, like a custody custody kind of thing, which I think is it's such a it's such an innocuous lyric, especially the giving me your weekends, because like it could just mean so many things. 
Uh, and I think it's so fascinating to like really dive into specifically. I'm glad we did a between the lines on that. I'm excited to do between the lines for the rest of them. Um, the next line also from Cardigan was another one that you pointed out while we were doing the between the lines is the uh, stepping on the last train. Yes, also from Cardigan, signifying you're not stepping on the first train. You're not eager first in line. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this with me. It's the last train. You're stepping on this moving thing at the last possible moment saying, okay, well, should I? I don't know. Okay, well, I'm going to do it just so I don't lose out on the opportunity. It's like, it's like you're, you're waiting and you, you know, there's not going to be, you, or you think there's not going to be another one coming. You just got to get on it. At the end of the night, you got to get on anything and get home. Uh, and that's what, that's what she, he kind of did with Betty, or at least that's how she's taking it. And like, I can't blame him or blame her. Like, Oh, well, you're just going with me because maybe things screwed up with the other girl. We don't. We also don't know how things ended with No Name, which is quickly becoming her name. <laughs> um, but we don't know how it ended. We don't know if if No Name knew about Betty or her finding out about Betty. Like this whole thing, we like to think we we like to think the story tells us James had this moment of weakness with a figment of his worst intentions on through the summer. It could have been because Betty during the, the, the school year was more accessible. She, he saw her more. And then when he didn't see her as much in the summer, it just laid, laid way to him making this mistake. And then as soon as school started, he realized his mistake, came to his senses, and wanted to make things right. But it very easily could have been, oh, crap. No Name found out that I had been dating Betty, maybe from Inez, who knows, um, and told her. And now she's upset and rightfully so at me that I'm cheating on my girlfriend with her. And now she left me. And now all I have is Betty. So I'm going to take the last train because this is it. And hopefully Betty doesn't know yet, but she might have heard the rumors from Inez. I know No Name did. Uh, and just take it to a whole other level that makes James even <laughs> even worse. Yeah. It's, um, from the lyrics, it paints the picture that they were dating – Betty and James during school probably and then summer happened they weren't seeing each other as much he had this affair and then once school restarted rumors were kind of flying around um they had the dance and he was nowhere to be found and she was just kind of like all right what's happening and then she heard rumors from Inez and at that point switch you know room the no-name girl She's like, you know, will you call when you're back at school? She's kind of thinking, okay, well, if this is the end of it, what's, do I even have you anymore? I mean, he wasn't hers to lose, but like, but like, that's the other, like, that's the other thing is like, we, we just don't know exactly. We don't, it's so cool. Cause we get like, with all these perspectives, we do get a, the, the main gist of the story but I think that crux that like that cli- we're missing the climax we're missing how it all went down we're just getting like the the only in the moment lyrics we're getting are from James in the song Betty where it, and it's not even it's not even during the moment it's very much a during after the moment it happened it's the during the denouement where everything's going down and like slowly tail ending off and then we just get two um memories of it we don't get anything that happened in the moment or what was going on unless it's through a memory which i think is insane like it's so cool to see a story and and i didn't even realize that until i said it but we have a story without a climax but we're still gripped by it like we're still Mm -hmm. here for it without a climax or without an ending Mm -hmm. yeah the closest to an ending is is if we believe betty and like they just never worked out but she's still Living somewhere in Betty's memories. Um, but you don't know. She, it mm-hmm. never says, I took him back. The, the latest part of the story that we hear was Betty was having a party and he just showed up on her doorstep. And that's the last thing that we know for fact happens. And we like, yeah, because they could have gotten back together and then broken up again later. Cardigan, Cardigan does make me think they aren't together anymore. Regardless, I don't think, I don't think if, if Cardigan is Betty's song, which again, the general consensus is that it is. Um, it it does give us the closure of they are not together anymore, but we don't know we don't know what happened after James showed up at her door. We really don't. Um, 
Oh, geez, we still have a lot more lyrics on this one. Uh, let's see if we can power through a little bit more of these. So tried to change the ending, Peter losing Wendy. Cardigan, again, this is where we get that point with James where he's trying to change this ending. He's trying to fix everything. But the next line, Peter losing Wendy, kind of gives it away. that it, it, We don't think it worked. Uh, <laughs> this line, the next lyric... Might be it honestly, it just might be my favorite lyric on the whole album. Um, I uh, Betty, what, what right is now the, is the right last time. Is, Betty, right now is the last time I can dream about what happens when you see my face again. It's just, it's 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 like a feeling that you always had. Everyone has had this feeling before because everyone. I mean, we're all anxiety uh, ridden, but like, even if you aren't, you're still going to play out situations in your head, especially big ones like this. And it's, it just puts it in such an elegant way of talking about it. Like, and such a poetic way of talking about it. Like we, we've, we've talked about this lyric a lot, but like the fact that last time is like, this is the last time I can dream about, because no matter what, I can, I, anything, anything could happen when you open that door Mm -hmm. and I can, I can go through, I can doctor strange it a million different ways and find out every possible ending in my head, what could go on. But once that, once that door is open, once you see my face, that's the ending. That's the ending I'm stuck with for the rest of my life. And there's just so much in that, that line that just it gets me every time man every time the next lyric when she pulled up like a figment of my worst intentions from betty it's so good mm-hmm. it's so good we get more of that like those weird words that just don't shouldn't fit in a song but do figment in worst intentions like rather mo- than uh, imagination she she definitely pulled out the dictionary and the thesaurus for this one and the syllable counter Um, but like, I love the idea of like, it's reverse personification, which is interesting too. She's, she's, he's taking this woman and, and changing her into an, into a a fabrication or an abstract idea. He's in, he's also putting some, it's pretty bad because she's saying, oh, this isn't a person. This is my worst intention. Incarnate. (laughs) It's a what? Yeah. It's a figment. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to me to think the contrast between a figment of someone's imagination versus intention. So it's, he wasn't just imagining, oh, what could it be like? It was of my worst intentions. Like, this is something that I intentionally did and chose to do. There was a, um, there's an interesting thing going around that I saw a while back that was like, if, if he cheats on you when he's drunk, that doesn't mean that it was a mistake. It was just something he needed an excuse to do or something along those lines of like, when, when you get drunk, you don't do things you wouldn't do. Like if you get drunk, you wouldn't go, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot someone. Who knows? But those are things that you, oh my God, what's the line? What's the, uh, it's like, you're sober, not- sober thoughts are drunk actions or yeah. something like that. And, and that's what it is. It's like you, you, the, he might've had these thoughts when he was in his right mind, but when he given the, 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 that's, those are his intentions the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next lyric wanting was enough for me. It was enough from August. I, I added this one um, because there's just something about this lyric for me. It really shows what she was going through. Uh, she was relegated to wanting this relationship more than anything. Uh, she clung to that want because in truth, it was it was all she had. Uh, at the end of the day, she didn't have the relationship. She just had the idea and the want of it. And again, that boils down to another abstract concept of just the idea of this relationship. You know that that the James no-name relationship was, was also uneven like cobblestones. Like... It was unrequited, even though she got the physicality of it. She never got the emotional side of it, and that's all she had. All she was left wanting. And then the last, the last one is, uh, "I knew you'd miss me once the thrill expired." 
Uh, the one, the reason I put this one on here was it is the closest thing to a direct reference to the girl from August in in Cardigan. It's uh, the like hey, we, this happened, the thrill. Mm-hmm. This girl again. The girl is relegated to an abstract concept or an idea or an action. She's not a person. Like the only time we ever get her humanity really is saying, "Wishing I could write my name on it." That gives her some form of person, but it's also her speaking. Yeah. It's like her we song. don't it's her song so obviously she's a person in her own mind but to james and to betty she's not a person she is a mistake she is an accident she is a figment of his worst intentions she is a just a thrill that expired they they don't talk about her as a human being they talk about her as these concepts these abstract ideas crazy i love this stuff this is yes. oh so here is where we are going to take a quick pause. Well, not pause. We're going to take a long a two pause. Day, a two-day pause. <laughs> two-day pause. Um, and we'll get back for the next episode to just resume where we left off. So for the next episode, we're going to dive really deep into a lot of the theories uh, around this album. Um, specifically, we're going to dive in uh, the biggest theory that it's not just a three-song love triangle. It's all of them. Um, so we're really going to dive into that and some other theories that have been circulating around. Um, but we didn't want to put all of that in one episode because we're at, uh, my recording is saying I'm at like 50 minutes right now. Yeah. So that'd be probably a two hour episode. So we're probably going to, we're going to cut this down, do a two parter. Um, but if you liked what you heard on this episode, uh, please be sure to give us a review and a five star rating on Apple. Uh, and if you really like us and you have a Swifty friend, tell her about us. Uh, I'm sorry. If you really like us and you like what you hear and you have a, uh, you, you have a Swifty friend, tell them about us. Yeah. And make sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to see our beautiful faces talking, we are at, we need to calm down podcast on Twitter, WNTCD podcast, but we're mostly on Instagram. Just letting you know that, <laughs> that and YouTube. Those are where you're going to get our most interactions. Um, if you have a suggestion for an episode, uh, please feel free to drop us a comment on the YouTubes or DM us on Instagram. Like I said, those are two most big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We love your feedback. Uh, and we, a lot of the episodes that we come up with are st- based off of things that you guys have said you wanted. Yep. And aside from that, thank you so much for listening to the We Need to Calm Down podcast. We'll see you on Thursday. Come back. We'll be here.